HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program is brought to you by Roth Cheese, a pioneer in the U.S. specialty cheese movement. For more information, visit rothcheese.com. Hello, and welcome to a very new episode of your favorite podcast in America. It's Life's a Banquet podcast. It's a show about all things edible, spreadable, horrible, adorable, and horrible with me, your host, Jeff Foxworthy, and me, Ernest, from Ernest Goes Camp. <laughs> what about from Ernest Scared Stupid? I've never seen that. Oh, that's a crime because Ernest Scared Stupid did actually scare me stupid. I... For whatever reason, uh, this just like happened. We had free HBO that we like stole, mm-hmm. or some, or like we got free HBO because sometimes you could just get it for free for a week or something. Sure, yes, it just like stuck around. And so there were like shows that were just playing constantly on HBO, and I just like as a child of the eighties, just sat inside and watched TV all the time. So Ernest Goes to Camp was on. I've seen that movie like fifty times. I've seen it so many times. Me too, and, and I do know what you mean, Vern. Yeah, do you know what I mean, Bern? And Ernest, you know, underrated, may he rest in peace, greatest actor of all time. <laughs> and the award for best actor goes to Ernest. What was that man's name? Vert? No, he wasn't named Vern. I always name? forget his real name. I guess we'll never know. We won't ever be able to look it up. We'll go to the library later. Um, um, Ernest But hopefully stupid. you'll get um, the nominations that come out for the regular Oscars, which I haven't looked at, but hopefully... Ernest will get his Lifetime Achievement Award this year. Yeah, they're going to ignore all the other dead celebrities. <laughs> <laughs> Ernest Scared Stupid was the scariest movie I'd ever seen uh, for a while because I was so scared of everything when I was a kid. And there was like giant trolls in it that were covered in slime and I, I really couldn't handle it. But I watched that it is... over and over. Huh, I don't like slime. Well, you will Me not trolls. care for this movie at all. Um, okay, then I won't watch it then. Okay, great. And, you know, it's interesting because, as I mentioned last week, I'm currently and have been for about six years now renting a troll doll's apartment in the Navy Yard, um, a.k.a. a storage unit full of troll dolls. And uh, so I have these two really interesting sides of my personality, one pro-troll, the other anti-troll. And here I ended up now at this point in my life with almost no trolls at all. I think that you should sell them. I know, but you're right. I should sell them. The thing is, is that getting the shit out of your storage unit and moving it is like so much more complicated than it sounds, like looks on paper. It takes like yeah. a lot of time. I don't know. There, I just in the past six years, I haven't been able to find the time. <laughs> well, as you were just telling a friend of ours, you know, don't stay in your apartment just because it seems too difficult or expensive to move. It's better for your mental health to just get those trolls out of there. That's a good point. I mean, God knows what's happened to them at this point. They may have all just like melted together. I don't know. Do you not have a temperature controlled unit? I think I do. I have a pretty, I have a pretty sexy unit. <laughs> That's not the first time I've said that. Am I right? Ladies? Is there like a hot tub in there? That would be cool. Yeah. They're chilling in there. They like are, they're having a great time. I gave them a little hot tub. They have a tiny troll's kitchen. They no, have... I was just thinking, I just had yeah. a great idea. Sure. Like a brilliant plan. So, mm. You know how, like, really stupid new-build apartments have, like, those lobbies where there's, like, foosball and, like, yes. a bar and, like, no one's ever in there, like, hanging out with their 
neighbors because everyone hates their neighbors. Um, <laughs> we should have one of those in a storage unit. So then you can like go get your storage shit um, and then, or, you know, go put a dead body in there or whatever you got to do and then sure. go hang out with other people that also have not enough room in their apartments. That's a and, great like, idea. You have That's so much in common already. <laughs> yes. That's very she true. Was, like you have... 700 troll dolls as well are you single mm. right and like and do you want to say no hot tub? <laughs> yeah of course like, i'm not get, single do you want to get on this christian mingle website with me um do you, have you ever christian mingled well i used to go to youth group oh interesting so technically yes huh. what is youth group it's where you like take the youth of your church and make them hang out on non-church days so that oh. they don't become corrupted by Metallica or whatever. Oh, right. Do you do, like, sex and stuff there? Is it Does it get wild, like, summer camp? No, you don't do sex. Fingering? Because um, <laughs> you're in church. I guess some people probably fingered. I was a good Christ-believing youth group goer, so I just was like, yeah, let's listen to this acoustic guitar. Or let's yeah. go um, fucking... I don't even know what the hell we used to do. We Canoeing? would just like hang out at church and like read Bible verses, I guess. I don't oh really know. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. Drink root beer. Well, that's one up. That's one positive part. Root beer is delicious and it's hard to find it free. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. The free root beer element is, I think, not talked about often enough. And um, I think that if you can pass as a youth, you should try to go find yourself a little youth group and get some free root beer. That's a great point. Now, here's the real million-dollar question, Nicole, and I feel like I know how you're going to answer this already. But are you a Barks or are you a uh, A&W? So interestingly, first of all, it's weird that those are your two root beer choices. Um, what are the other I choices? Just, Stewart's? There's a million choices. But I just had this conversation with my group chat about everyone's favorite root beer. And Barks has caffeine, does it? That explains why yeah. I was such an insane child. Um, Barks has bite was their old like mm. tagline. Maybe it's the same now. Okay. But um, so they're the only reaper that has. Ca- well, maybe not the only one, but that one had caffeine. But I do like their label. Like I think their can is very cute. Um, mm-hmm. But I like you know yes. I don't really drink a lot of root beer. I like Dr. Brown's root beer. Oh wow, fringe. Um, there's also. Um, on my friend's group chat, there were like a bunch of root beers that I, cause there's also, um, damn it. And I can't remember it. Life's a banquet, the show where two middle-aged women try to remember brands of root beer (laughs) to no avail. You know what I think is disgusting and a clear red flag. And I say this as a person who likes celery and as a Jew, the fucking (laughs) Dr. Brown's celery soda. It should be illegal. Uh, I don't like that. I don't like celery, so for me, it's a big hell no. I love celery, but I can't understand for the life of me. Somebody, if there's a celery soda lover out there, first of all, don't come too close to me because I'm afraid of you. (laughs) Secondly, (laughs) call me or like text me, whatever, write something in the air on a plane and tell me what the fuck your problem is. Why do you like this flavor of soda? It makes no sense. Okay, so there's also Dad's Root Beer. Do you know that one? Yeah, Dad's Root Beer is nice. That's good root beer. And then there's also, um, I do like A&W, but there's also one called Frost Top, which I've never heard of. Whoa, Frost Top Root Beer, call me. I think it's like a West Coast thing. That's true. And then there's also um, Mug Root Beer. Oh, Mug Root Beer, of course. How can we forget Mug in a frosted mug? A mug of root beer instead of regular beer? Yeah. Mother's nice. I think I feel like when I was a kid, I guess A and W and Barks were the two competing root beers. Yeah, that reminds me very much of my childhood. We we were a Barks home at my dad's house and at my mom's who didn't drink any kind of soda, but she let me basically have whatever I wanted. For some reason her acquiescence to soda, which I think she thought was like the top criminal food item, um, was caffeine free coca-cola in the gold can my mom used to drink caffeine-free diet coke which is the grossest coca-cola that there is yeah it makes no sense i mean i understand diet coke yeah it's flat it's sketchy it's not cool 
Stay away Why, from it. Yeah, but they didn't have like diet root beer back then, so you just had that's what you had to do. Sure, sure. If you didn't want the caffeine, but you still wanted a soda. Yeah, life was very hard during those times, during the turn of the century when we grew up. Yes, very it literally time. was the turn of the century. Isn't that weird to think about? Yes, one of the turns of the century. <laughs> well, it's been a lot of centuries, but it was a turn of the century. It was a changing of the seasons. <laughs> <laughs> so, what's going on with you? How are you? Did you get your hair done yet? No, that's tomorrow, huh? That's Thursday. Don't jinx me. Because um, I'm already one. jinxed because of level one stylist is going to be doing my hair. Who knows how well she'll be able to do it? Wow. My like level three so apparently stylists you know beginners are level one and my stylist is a level three whatever the hell that means I don't know how high the levels go but um they the person who's doing me is like a beginner and so my current stylist had to go explain to her what my hair was like because she's going on vacation and so I have no idea what to expect when I get in there but a newborn baby is going to be dyeing my hair what could go wrong uh I mean nothing it's gonna be fine and if all your hair crumbles off then you'll do a cool like tank girl look with uh, a bald head and like long bangs or something I mean I don't honestly my greatest fear is not that my hair would be so damaged that it would have to be cut short because I think that I would be fine with that but that the color would be bad that's the greatest fear right 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 well you could still do the same thing you could still cut it short well the color would still be on there though so I don't really know you can buzz it off do Strip well, it all I could off. shave my head. Yes, that's Wax always up. an option for all people. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, let's see what happens. We can't wait for an update on this. Um, personally, I'm waiting with breath. That is baited. What else Jason is in Batedman? <laughs> yes, my favorite actor, Jason Batedman. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else is new? Let's see. I went rock climbing. Bouldering, um, like people do in the movies. Um, it was hard, and now my arms still hurt really, really bad, and like my lats hurt. You know those those old muscles? Yes, they're very um, they're very unpopular. But you know what? When you told me yesterday that you went rock climbing, I have to be honest. I felt like I have like maybe lost you forever. <laughs> yeah, well, in Indiana, you just have to kind of try to find activities that are not we were trying to have a non-drinking activity with one of our friends who's sober and so no, it's very sweet um that was it although they do actually serve alcohol at this rock climbing gym really you can just take take drinks you can just take the drink before you climb the rocks <laughs> yeah you can take the drink have a mimosa <laughs> and then climb up some scary rocks <laughs> Wow, that's very interesting. Um, but there wasn't, um, we weren't actually allowed to access the cafe because there was a private drag brunch going on. And then all of the drag queens came out and started sort of fake bouldering for photo ops. And that was pretty fun. That's so fun. A drag queen boulder climbing event in the middle mm-hmm. of a Monday. That sounds wonderful. I'm jealous of you. Well, it was Sunday. The in the Day. middle of a Sunday. That sounds wonderful. I'm jealous of you. <laughs> Yeah, it was pretty cool. Um, I suck at rock climbing as all, well, maybe not all beginners, as beginners with weak arms like I do have. Amazing. Nicole, we've been getting a lot of feedback from last week's episode spectacular, Bonanza, about mm-hmm. Vanifer. And most of the feedback has been coming through in the form of a reaction to the video we posted about Casey Affleck doing a Dunkin' Donuts commercial, which is so funny. And you just watched it yesterday for the first time. What are your thoughts and feelings? Um, I love it. I love that he's smoking outside of the Dunkin', but also in the Dunkin'. Even though Casey <laughs> Affleck is canceled, I'm pretty sure. Um, I still was able to enjoy it, despite that fact. It's very funny. And like Mary... And Catherine were both saying that, like, as people from Long Island, like, we, I mean, that's like a obviously a New England guy, Massachusetts guy, or whatever. But it's not all too different than like the Long sure. Island guy that's like very similar, except a diff, slightly different accent. Right. But they're like, is it weird that I like find him more attractive as this guy? <laughs> like, uh, no, no, I kind of do too, actually. Yeah, we all have a crush on that guy who beats up his coworker and throws him into it. Dunkin' Donuts display. <laughs> just our upbringing. I'm just saying, you know, we weren't necessarily raised right, but that's okay. 
Um, very funny. Thank you all for tuning in. I know it was a very special day. How can we ever live up to it? In fact, I actually considered, I'm like, should we not even talk about Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez anymore after this? Like, maybe we've done it. We need to move on to a different celebrity couple. Like, you know, uh, Meg Ryan and John Cougar Mellencamp. <laughs> oh, yeah, we should actually that. Well, they're broken up many years now, but um, and that has never stopped us before. Spoiler alert, John Cougar Mellencamp and uh, Meg Ryan broke up five years ago. Um, I didn't know that. How could this be? Also, were you the one who was telling me that, like, John Cougar Mellencamp was like, nah, dog, like, I don't want to be, like, Cougar anything. I'm just John Mellencamp. And the record label was like, no, you're John Cougar Mellencamp now. Like, you're a Cougar. Like, be about it. And he was like, no. And they're like, yes. And they won. That, I did not know that, even though he is from my home state, and even though every time we go to the lake with my parents, we drive by his mansion in Bloomington. Didn't really? know that. Um, but I also got some feedback about our last episode. And that it's sucked. that <laughs> the, art, the person that we were arguing about the entire time was actually Roy Scheider, not Roy Schneider. I knew it. I told you it but was something different also, than what I said. Okay, but Roy Schneider is <laughs> not a person that exists. <laughs> Roy Schneider? Roy Scheider is on... Jaws. Yeah, I know. So I'm saying Roy Schneider. There, I mean, he doesn't exist in our conversation. I'm sure there's like millions, oh, thousands at least of Roy Schneiders in the world. Just they weren't in Jaws. Right. Yes, but there aren't. Yeah, but the actor that you were saying is not the actor that I was saying either. It was a non, whatever. But I was talking about Liev Schreiber. No, you weren't. Yes, <laughs> he's really much older than he appears. He's in his nineties now. <laughs> Look it up. See if I care. Um, but I do want to say I do have some more Benefer news to Ugh. update us. All right, fine. What's up? Um, why did you make that sound? I don't know. I guess I thought we were through with this. <laughs> but it's fine. I'm excited to hear what you have to say. I'm just I'm fronting sure. like As... I don't care. I do care. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, it doesn't matter to me if you care or not. I'm never going to stop talking about <laughs> Benefer, my true passion. Jennifer Aniston and Ben Affleck. And the Fleck. So J-Lo said that the reason Benifer broke up in the early 2000s is because public scrutiny drove them apart. And wow. part of the public scrutiny involved her being called a mean bitch all the time. <laughs> oh, yeah, that must, I mean, that has got to be a thorn in your side. Who said that about her, that she was a mean everyone, bitch, Ben? apparently. But I'm like, if everyone's calling you a mean bitch, I'm like, maybe you are a mean bitch at or like, work. Everyone can't be wrong, right? Like, if, like, yeah. you end up in fights with all your friends and family and stuff, like, and you're just like, everyone around me just sucks. You have to, at some point, be like, maybe it's me. You know, yeah, it's got to be BB. Take a look at the man in the mirror. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, she's like, basically, the media scrutiny ripped us apart. And now that we're together and we're both a lot more rich, we're not going to let that happen again. Right, because they can just have anyone killed that says anything mean about them. <laughs> and they can control the media. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, so for all of you people that were like wondering if the current scrutiny, which is happening only from this one podcast, um, <laughs> is going to tear them apart. The answer is no, they're going to stick it out. So don't worry. Okay. Don't worry that our constant paparazzi chasing of them is going to harm the relationship because it won't. Okay. That's what so you, everyone relax. That's what you don't know about Nicole and I is that we like stalkerazzi them even though that's very much out of fashion it's very yeah. 90s 2000 people don't really mm-hmm. stalkerazzi quite as much as they used to we do still i spend yeah, a we... lot of money flying back and forth to los angeles you have no well, idea i moved to los angeles to be oh, you able did. to figure yeah to be oh. able to like find where they're because they're supposed to be like house hunting out there right like how do you think i figured that out and you're mm-hmm. benefit hunting while they're house hunting so the hunters have become the hunted <laughs> yes exactly <laughs> the student the becomes the teacher they're my hunties and i'm the hunter this is a most uh, dangerous game and this is helen hunt host of the hunties <laughs> helen hunt and hunter s thompson joined together for a <laughs> new podcast in which they hunt ben affleck and jennifer lopez 
called hunting <laughs> for Benifer. <laughs> oh dear God. Is Hunter the is Hunter S. Thompson still with us? No, he blew his head off. Oh right. That's right. I couldn't remember. Too many people have died for me to keep track, to be honest, at this point. You know I what I'm saying? Like he died like 400 years ago. Probably. I forgot for a minute. So I phoned a friend. So see me. He can't be on the podcast. I guess we'll have to call another Hunter. <laughs> like Hunter Biden? Yes, exactly. Hunter Biden, America's favorite first son. <laughs> Second only to Eric Trump. <laughs> <laughs> America's favorite Coke addict. <laughs> Famous Coke addict. <laughs> and wife stealer. Okay, anyway. So should we get into our topic today? Yes, because otherwise we're just going to be talking about this forever and no one will listen. Yeah, all our Hunter Biden enthusiasts fans are going to tune right out. So guys, um, today's episode, it's fluffy, it's moist, it's sticky and sweet. That's right. We're talking about my butt. <laughs> Yuck. <laughs> We're talking about cake. I have, no, I have a better intro for it. Go ahead. It's like, okay, as we gear up for the Super Bowl, there's only one thing on everybody's mind. It's cake. <laughs> <laughs> How about this? As we gear up for this year's Super Bowl, there's only one thing on people's minds. That's right. It's my butt. <laughs> a mashup. Of the two. No, that doesn't work. How about this one? Uh-huh. As we gear up for the Super Bowl, there's only one thing on everybody's mind. How do I make a cake shaped like a football? <laughs> <laughs> As we gear up for this year's Super Bowl, there's only one thing on everybody's mind. How do I score me a ticket to the Puppy Bowl? <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good one. Okay, that's one more. Okay, fine. Uh, also, Arwen, you're going to have to cut all these out. Uh, as we gear up for the Super Bowl, there's only one thing on everybody's mind, and that is how do I make a cake shaped like Tom Brady, who's retiring this year? <laughs> it's easy. You just get one of those big, giant, penis-shaped cake molds and do it that way. Start there. Yeah. <laughs> and the answer is, we're not going to tell you, because I'm not talking about Super Bowl cakes. I'm just talking about box cake and how yeah. it became a thing that we all know and love. Okay, great. Um, so let's go back in time a little bit here, okay? Mm-hmm. So we're in the year 1837. Everything's great. I'm thinking the Industrial Revolution is, like, happening probably. I don't really know when that started, but we've talked enough about it on this podcast that you should be able to figure it out on your own. You should be taking notes every episode. <laughs> um <laughs> So 1837, Alfred Bird made Bird's custard powder, which is basically a custard powder that you add water to and make a little custard out of, which sounds gross. It's cornflour powder also. So I'm just like, are you even supposed to eat cornflour powder? I don't know. But not straight. You're supposed to sniff it. Alfred Bird was like, listen, here's some custard, add some water, you're in business. And everyone was like, thank you, Alfred. And then in 1889... Pearl Milling Company made pancake mix for the very first time, and they made it out of hard winter wheat, corn flour again, America's favorite flour, um, boiler water-treated phosphates. No idea what that means. Whoa, that doesn't sound good. What is boiler water? Does that just I mean think water? It's what it sounds hot? like. I think it's water from your from your boiler that heats your house. I don't think that the milling company was going to different people's houses to get their boiler water. I just think it's like hot water, but I don't know why That's they had boiling water. Yeah, no idea. Maybe it's boiling water, but it said boiler water. This sounds um, like a case for America's favorite detective, Rob Schneider. <laughs> also, the sentence boiling water treated phosphate still doesn't make any sense. So who the hell knows? There's also some baking soda in there and salt. And they decided to name their pancake mix Aunt Jemima, which now we are all like cringe, but it was 1889, so I guess they thought it was okay. Not fully um, 1889. In 1920, Mr. McCollum, I don't know what his first name is. I guess I just wrote it as, maybe his first name is Mr. <laughs> um, he made the first corn muffin mix in a box and also pie crust mix, which I'm like, what? How confusing is that, huh? Did that entail? I'm curious. I don't know. We'll never know. 
like pie crust mix, like really, right? Pie crust is just butter and flour. So was it just flour? In a I box? guess it. Yeah, it's just a box. A of little flour. box of flour with this man's like, stupid face on it. Add your own butter and roll it out a whole bunch of times and pray. <laughs> um, I have no idea. Maybe it was like, you know, a no bake pie. I have no idea what this guy was doing. Maybe it was a corn based pie crust. Get the There's fuck really, out of here. Corn. I don't know. Okay. Okay. All right. This isn't a research podcast. If you want to do research, you have to do it on your own. Fair enough. Um, so these are basically the precursors to box cake mix, according to Cooks Illustrated, who may or may not be trusted. Um, <laughs> but the original box of cake was invented during the Depression. So there's this <laughs> John D. Duff of the P. Duff and Sons Company, (laughs) (laughs) Um, which was like a molasses company, was like, holy shit, we have way too much molasses. We need to figure out something to do with this extra molasses. I don't understand why a molasses company would have excess molasses. Like, I thought maybe it was a byproduct of something else they were making, but they just made molasses, and I guess they were making too much of it. Yes, they were. Um, Did you ever hear about that awful tragedy that happened where, like, a molasses, like, water tank basically, like, burst and took out, like, an entire town and killed, like, 100 people? Yeah, I think we talked about it on this podcast. Maybe. Okay. Maybe Um, we did. But it's terrible. Molasses is inherently evil. We all know that. Well, maybe on the heels of that molasses disaster, they were like, we can't keep molasses in tanks. We got to get rid of it ASAP. And so what he did was... He dehydrated his molasses. I don't know how he did that, but um, maybe he just like put it out in the sun. I have no idea. If there were dehydrating technologies available in the 1930s, I guess there must have been. How interesting. What were they? Um, So he dehydrated the molasses, mixed it with flour, sugar, and also dried egg. Everything was very dry during the depression because of the dust bowl sure so <laughs> they had to dry the, the egg the answer of why it was kind of like a popular trend that was happening Dryness. everything should be dry 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 it's um, nice but make it drier yeah if you take this egg is it possible we can make this egg less wet and a little bit more dry <laughs> um and john d duff was like you bet your ass i can um <laughs> So he dried up an egg, he dried up some molasses, he whipped up some flour, which is notoriously, famously already dry. And and then he put it all together and he basically made gingerbread in a box. Um, You just had to add water to it. And this is a sentence that I have to quote directly from Cook's Illustrated. They claim that during the Depression, families were looking for a simple, inexpensive way to enjoy cake. So like that's what they were looking for. <laughs> not to like survive. <laughs> or get back to work. Pay their or rent. Like be photographed by Dorothea Lang. They <laughs> trying, they're trying to figure out a way to have cake, but on the cheap. Yeah. And Dryly. dry dry. <laughs> In a dry way. <laughs> that was the original dry January. The goal was to remove all wetness from the home. (laughs) I just did a spit take back into a bottle with a very small spout. (laughs) There's water everywhere all over my face and all over my floor. And, you know, also dry skin was very popular at the time. Like everything dry, dry, dry. You know, uh, dry shampoo. Everything should be dry. Dry fly fishing. Yeah. Yeah, dry cleaning. Dry, <laughs> dry cleaning was huge at this time. <laughs> Driving, Miss Daisy. <laughs> uh, dry goods, really cool, really big. Um, so yeah, everyone was like, oh my God, I'm so freaking starving. I'm going to eat this old potato. And also, please, can I have some gingerbread cake? Um, <laughs> um Okay, so then, you know, everybody's having some gingerbread, you know, everyone is saved, and then we have World War II comes along, and it's Whoa. like, oh my god, you guys, we have to get a war going on. And so the flower companies are like, okay, well, what we're going to do is figure out ways to like make stuff dry 
because <laughs> they're flower companies, you know, so everything's pretty dry already. We got the whole so dryness thing unlocked. We but want it to no. be like legit dry so we can send it over to the troops. So the flower companies were making kind of like little mixes, powdered mixes to send over to the troops that can be rehydrated. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when World War II was over, they already kind of had the technology to move into making cake mix essentially so they're like okay what can we do with all this dry shit that is usable (laughs) for the busy pesky consumers that we have now that you know we're having some sort of financial boom the cake obsessed yes people like they are passionate about cake and we know that from when they would only eat gingerbread during the depression um we love cake but we just can't figure out how to make it (laughs) yeah (laughs) just like what how too many ingredients, please help us, oh Lord. Um, so yeah, the busy consumer who like doesn't have time to mix two dry ingredients together, which is really all the time that you're saving from buying a box cake for the record. Uh, totally. <laughs> um, so Betty Crocker, that fake ass bitch who <laughs> is not a real person, in case you don't remember from us talking about it, um, in 1947 was like, Everyone, hello, here's a box cake mix. And then in 1948, Hillsbury was like, well, guess what, bitches? We're going to make the first ever chocolate cake mix. Oh, shit. And the crowds went wild. (laughs) And then three years later, Duncan Hines finally rolls up and was like, okay, fine, we'll do it too. So then, you know, you have the three big contenders for box cake mix. So interesting. Um, And just a little sidebar from the episode from way 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 back in the day i think when breton was still a co-host here when back when he was still alive um we did the story of duncan Hines. i did the story of duncan Hines, and he started off as america's first food critic oh that's right yeah um yeah so duncan Hines is like i'm critical of a cake mix but i have to, i can't lose out on this cash cow um and but then in the mid 50s Oh, wait, sorry. So a couple things happened in the 40s during this cake box craze is that the original ones had dried eggs. Ew! But really dried stuff was sort of falling out of fashion. So people are like, enough with the Dust Bowl. We are back into wetness. So the (laughs) cake companies were like, okay, we figure out a way to make box cake where you can add fresh eggs to it. And because they found that like women or people making these box cake mixes wanted to like add pretend like they're actually doing something and not just pouring it in and adding water. Sure. Um, however, what they found is that even though in the surveys, the people would say that they would prefer to buy the ones where you add eggs to it, they actually bought the ones with the dried eggs in there. So it's like people you know. with the 2016 election. Yeah. No, I would say, never vote for Trump or um, use powdered eggs. They're the same people, literally, yeah. because it was a bunch of old people. That is true. Yeah, they were definitely making cakes in 1947 and then <laughs> totally voting for Donald Trump um, and lying about it. And um, so, yeah, basically, even though people were buying more of the dried egg mix, they eventually were phased out and all of them required fresh eggs. Uh, however, in the mid-50s, box, kale, box cake sales were flattening. Really? And they were freaking out everyone's freaking out mr hines is freaking out mrs crocker's freaking out and then the pillsbury doughboy is freaking out um (laughs) you do not want to see him angry as we learned in ghostbusters (laughs) um because the box cake sales are flattened and i guess at that time they weren't really selling any other product i don't know what else they would have had back then um Hmm. but so General Mills hired a psychologist and a marketing specialist, just like in Mad Men, where they have that psychologist lady come in. Oh, yeah, like Dr. Of, Miller. And then Don Draper, like, bones her and then leaves her for Megan. Spoiler alert. Um, After spending one weekend with Megan, he dumps yeah. this hot doctor and is like, I want to marry Megan. I'm in love with you. And we're all like, Don. Oh, Don. Classic Don. Yeah, I have a friend who stopped watching the show after that episode. Really? What kind yeah, of friend, friend is this? Kelly Allen. She was like, I just couldn't. I was so sick of Don Draper's antics that I was like, screw you, Don. I'm not going to watch anymore. Huh. And Don was like, I don't care. I'm still getting paid whether you watch or not. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, um, okay. So they, General Mills hired a psychologist named Ernest, full circle. Oh, my Dick, goodness. Ernest Dichter. <laughs> oh 
Yeah, that's perfect. That's my and name they, too. He surveyed women to see why they stopped feverishly buying box cake. They're like, <laughs> suck it, Dictor. Leave and us so, alone. According to a Dictor, the women were like, well, dude, you know what? As a 1950s housewife, I don't feel like I'm contributing enough to my household by taking sole care of the entire labor of the entire home's cleanliness and all the 75 children that we have. And putting up um, with my husband fucking anything that walks past him and getting wasted Or even wasted putting every up night. with him fucking me. Um, sure. So I, I just feel guilty because if I don't make the cake from scratch, <laughs> I'm not contributing enough to my household. And sure. the companies were like, ladies, 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 don't worry about it. The box cake is just step one in the process where you get to come in and really shine is putting frosting on top. Ugh, it's not a cake so, without frosting. It's just a pile of dry and wet. I know. So also like, were they prior to this time just having box cake with no frosting? Seems bizarre. That's very interesting. Yeah. What the hell were they doing? Maybe whipped cream. That's, that's a lazy cake, but it's also mm. delicious. Cool whip. Maybe. Sure. I love a cool whip. Um, so... This became a whole fucking thing where they have these elaborate like magazine spreads where they show women how to like literally decorate a cake like a football field. I'm not even kidding. Um, yeah. For the Super Bowl. Uh -oh. <laughs> um, they had women, they had step-by-step -step instructions for women to bake their own wedding cakes using box cake and these elaborate like decoration things. That's cool. Um, That's a cool thing to make somebody do. Unless they really I want know. to. I mean, but also if you want to bake your own wedding cake, go for it. I don't give a shit. Sure. Um, but why pay a million dollars when you can do it for 10? I just um, like mean, I just think of someone making their own wedding cake all alone. I guess if you want to do it with friends or like your partner, it seems, or your parent, it seems a little bit less sad. Just sitting home alone, baking your whole own wedding cake for, you know, 300 people. <laughs> Where do we even put it? Well, I don't even know 300 people. So I don't really know. I mean, don't you just bake like a million circles of cake and then... Stack them to just, the moon. Well, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be like 10 feet tall. <laughs> you can make it more wide than tall is what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You can make it like a, you can have a football field wedding cake if you want. Right. That's actually decorated like a football field and the size of, of a football field. A literal football field. <laughs> um, and I then you can get in the, the Guinness Book of World Records, the coveted place for brides always want to show up. Um, <laughs> So anyway, this fucking trick worked because women are dumb. <laughs> yeah, you can say that again. I'm just kidding. I don't really know why this worked, but it's interesting to me because it, in my research, which is deeply involved and took weeks and weeks, um, I it didn't say whether or not this also coincided with those companies making their own frosting or if these women were using box cake mix and then going through the process of making frosting, which is like more labor intensive. Absolutely. I so find I'm making like, frosting to be very frustrating sometimes. I mean, it's usually fairly easy. It's frustrating. That's what I was trying to say. Frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, Martin Short and Father of the Bride. It's like Nixon versus frustrating. Yes, exactly. Frost Nixon. Um, another compelling presidential drama um <laughs> featuring america's favorite cottage cheese nibbler richard nixon um but anyway yeah frosting can be it's very messy sometimes and then you end up tasting a lot of it so you're like you know going to diabetic shock it's, it's better left to the professionals yeah i agree but i do i actually do like canned frosting or whatever they call it um, do you remember death i used to love i remember like sleepovers when i was a kid and a teen like would revolve around getting a lot of 90s junk food and one thing that was always like it was like cookie dough from the package and like a can of frosting just to like eat with cookies. yeah there is something very like waxy flavored about that frosting mm -hmm. i had some recently um but also definitely go to town on box cake and box frosting for, for sure. sure well it's like the first scene in death becomes her when oh, yeah where she has a, a or like her whole cabinet is just filled with jars of frosting and she just keeps ripping open pans of frosting and eating them with a knife that's really stuck with me it was like really burned in my brain yeah that's shit uh, we've all been there um and then to sort of tie this all in a bow um i i found in my research that um in 1989 or 1988 it's not totally clear 
uh, Pillsbury invented Funfetti cake and they own that trademark. So even though Funfetti has become sort of like the word Kleenex to refer to all sprinkly cakes, mm-hmm. um, Funfetti is owned by Pillsbury, which I think is hilarious. Um, and then I found an article entitled Funfetti Explosion from the 2016 Failing New York Times by Julia Moskin. And she went through how, because we all probably remember this, when literally Funfetti was everywhere. The milk mm-hmm. bar fucking cake and we, it just like, you couldn't escape the sprinkles. And I had sort of forgotten about that period of time. And it mm. also talks about that restaurant in Greenpoint called Hail Mary. Do you remember that place? Yes, they made their own fucking sprinkles which i thought they was made so insane sprinkles like a bunch of psychopaths that's too yes. much and no offense to them and i completely understand the vibe of like why you make everything in house but there comes a point when unless you're like an actual bakery and you have a restaurant in new york city with sky high rent you simply <clears throat> cannot afford to make your own sprinkles it's not worth it and that's why they failed yeah they needed a Sorry, guys, if you're listening. And that restaurant was so cute inside. They had little cute wallpaper. That's a hard spot, though, over there. Yeah, for some reason or another. Um, Um, We used to have a delicious birthday cake on the menu at Brucey, and I guess it was a little on trend, but I feel like we did it maybe after the trend, even to the point where like people had forgotten about it, and it was just like birthday cake again. Well, I don't know. That stupid milk bar cake fucking permeated the psyche of America. That's true. Um, I do love vanilla birthday cake with rainbow sprinkles, though. It is so fucking Me delicious. I love fun. I would still buy. I miss the Funfetti frosting that you can't buy anymore. It had, like, white frosting and little teeny tiny, allegedly, like, chocolate chips, but they were brightly colored. But they mostly just tasted like candle wax. Yeah, they were wax. They were candle wax. You could use it to illuminate your house if the power went out. Uh, <laughs> if you have a power outage. Yeah. Um, so, yes. Um... Uh, box cake is still thriving. Um, 186 million Americans used box cake in 2020. No one mentioned if that is because we ran out of flour in 2020 because of the pandemic or if that had been a national trend that was just continuing. Because I was like, well, did 186 million people actually use cake, box cake in 2020 for real? Or is it because we all ran out of flour? <laughs> mm, <laughs> that's very interesting. Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah, it's very interesting. What Inquiry a story. Yeah, great story. And that's all I have. I love it. All right, cool. Should we take a quick break? Yeah. Today's program was brought to you by Roth Cheese, a pioneer in the U.S. specialty cheese movement. Roth has made specialty cheese in the rolling hills of Wisconsin for more than 30 years. With strong Swiss heritage, Roth is best known for its award-winning Alpine-style Grand Cru cheeses. Fresh Wisconsin milk, combined with expertise in affinage, is how Roth creates high-quality, great-tasting cheese year after year. In 2016, hard work paid off when out of over 2,000 contenders, Roth Grand Cru Sir Schwab was named world champion at the World Cheese Championship. For more information, visit rothcheese.com. And we're back. And guess what, folks? We are going to leave you today with a motherfucking cliffhanger. That's right. Sylvester Stallone style. And you know what? He is a huge cake enthusiast, too, as you'll find out next week. Just kidding. Um, I'm going to do my story next week, which I'm going to... Leave as a teaser. I'm not going to tell you exactly what it is. But um, it's going to be hot and sexy. I can promise you that. Nicole, do you want to talk a little bit about your favorite cakes? Maybe, let's say, even your top three favorite cakes? Sure, yeah. I'm going to just delve in here. So basically, well, as I don't know if I if this was obvious from earlier, but my favorite cake is cake that is football-themed. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. <laughs> I know. I Joe love Funfetti cake. I'm just kidding. I mean, Joe Montana. Joe Montana is the guy from Empire Records. Am I right? <laughs> I don't even know if we should debate another actor name at this point. <laughs> now we've been humiliated by Roy Schneider or Ray Schreiber. <laughs> Ray Romano. Okay. Ray Liotta. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm a big vanilla person i'm very vanilla and always um but i like vanilla cake with vanilla frosting yeah like, that's i like 
that magnolia fucking cupcake with the vanilla frosting and the vanilla cake. I'm here for it, even now, 40 years later. That's very um, good cake. I agree with you. And also, I like a yellow cake. Mm. Me too. I, I like a yellow cake with, traditionally, according to the picture on the box, you're supposed to put chocolate frosting on it, but I fucking put vanilla frosting on there because there are no rules. That's true. That's nice. That's good cake. I like that. And then, so I actually have more than three. I'm sorry to tell you. Um, I really like spice cake a lot. My dad loves spice cake. Mm. I love a delicious spice cake. It's just freaking good. My grandpa loved spice cake. My grandma would get this box spice cake. And then also there was like a spice frosting flavor Ooh, in the spice. 80s and 90s. Um, it was like kind of grayish nice. brown. Like not the cutest great. color, but like delicious. Like I guess probably like a cinnamon frosting of some kind. I have mm. no idea. Um, and then also recently my little nephew was like, yo bitches, I want strawberry cake with strawberry frosting. And I was like, what the fuck? Um, and they have that at the store. They have a strawberry, like Duncan Hines cake with strawberry frosting. And it was, it made it taste a little bit, obviously fake, but, um, damn, it was delicious. It's very good. I made that cake from scratch a couple years ago using, um, dried dehydrated strawberries and it makes a really nice you can just make like a strawberry buttercream like you would a vanilla buttercream but if you add the dehydrated strawberries to it it doesn't add any like additional liquid or whatever yeah and also if you just use regular strawberries even if they've been like macerated it's just it's difficult to and then this flavor doesn't really come through very strongly because I tried to make a cake over the summer when I was living with my parents and it ended up being like a snacking cake you know like a quick bread almost Mm -hmm. um but it wasn't the cake itself wasn't very strawberry. There was just like the strawberry puree just kind of barely was there. Mm. You need the fake strawberry or the dehydrated strawberry. Yes, dehydrated strawberry is a good one. Yeah, that strawberry cake with strawberry frosting is so good. Love it. Okay, is it my turn? Is it my turn? I'm excited. Well, I do want to put a small shout out to also a lemon cake, which I oh, adore. Love a lemon cake, a lemon olive oil cake. I've recently been making a lemon all for the pop-up, like a lemon olive oil cake that has little lemon lavender crunchies on the bottom of like our cup. Cause we serve our desserts and cups. So the bottom mm. has like lemon lavender crunchies. Then there's the lemon olive oil cake and then lemon curd and then fresh whipped cream on top. That sounds delicious. Oh, I also like a coconut cake. Yes. You remember the um, place in Carroll Gardens? I don't know if it's still there. Um, the adorable little, like basically there was like a little pastry shop. Um, like the light, like the Robin's egg blue walls, and they had a really delicious coconut. Oh cake. yeah, the oh my god, one girl, one girl cookie. Yeah, yeah. Um, and one time I got a piece of coconut cake from there and went to the movie theater around the corner and ate it there. That's a wonderful one-two punch. It makes me want to get some coconut cake. Um, I love coconut cake too. That was going to be my number three. I love a chocolate cake, like a dark chocolate cake with chocolate frosting, or maybe even more like a devil's food cake. So like a dark, really yummy chocolate cake, like fluffy, moist chocolate cake with vanilla frosting or even cream Mm -hmm. cheese frosting. And then my number one cake has got to be forever and always a good carrot cake, not some swaggy fucking carrot cake. We recently had some carrot cake, which God bless it. It was less than delicious. I like chucked it into the garbage when no one was looking. Yeah, recently at work, I was like, hey guys, do you want to see a dessert menu? And the guy was like, do you have carrot cake? And what I was fuck? like, that's I just crazy. Laughed. Who does that? I just laughed. I was like, no. <laughs> do you have carrot cake? Get the hell out of here. Do you have carrot cake? Yeah. Um, what kind of question is that? I don't know why I was so shocked, but I mean, it's it's a reasonable question, I guess. No, I it's just... not. Not really. You're not at a <laughs> diner. You have no idea what kind of desserts you have. Carrot cake, it's like a one in a thousand chance. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, but he has to try Zara. Like, if you're if, at a, you know, if you're at Keens, if you're at a steakhouse, if you're at some old school place, of course, yes. Do you have carrot cake? You're at some like hip restaurant. Do you have carrot cake? I don't know. No, we don't. Did you get no. anything else? I don't remember. I was just like, I was, I was so shocked that he asked me that. I'm still shocked right now. Me too. I'm also shocked, sir. Behave. Learn some manners. Um, <laughs> I also love an ice cream cake from Carvel with chocolate crunchies in the middle and that like kind of fluffy. Is it like whipped cream? Is it you know, God knows yeah. what it is, frosting. And we talked about this, like, probably, I would say, one out of every four episodes. But I like an ice cream cake with actual cake in it. Like, they have yeah, at, I do too. Um, Baskin Robbins. Mm-hmm. That's also very good. 
delicious. Love cakes. Love all kinds of cakes, people. There's there's so many cakes out there. I don't even know where to start or where to stop, but I do like. Cake oh, I also that. yeah. I just want to also give a shout out to um, the what's it called the Yule log for the Christmas with the little. Sure, Yule log is nice. That's delicious. There's a roll, basically just a giant Swiss roll. My my mom was going through old menus from the Eleven Oven. Her and my dad's business they had in the seventies, and they used to make amazing cakes and all this like delicious desserts and stuff and like savory food as well but my mom was reminding me that she used to make walnut roll which was kind of like a walnut sponge cake that was just rolled up with fresh whipped cream and covered in powdered sugar so simple but so delicious it sounds amazing yeah it's really good it's really easy to make and really fabulous my parents made all kinds of great cakes i like a pound cake too like a lemon poppy pound cake oh yeah i love a pound cake i don't really need the poppy seeds in there personally um I don't need them I either. I love the pound cake that they have at Starbucks. I used to work at Starbucks, and they have, like, a lemon iced pound cake there. It's really good. Really? Yeah. How amazing. Yes. Well, cake is fabulous, folks, and we can't wait to tell you more about it next week. Same time or maybe a different time, same place, different hosts. <laughs> <laughs> Roy Scheider. And Lee Schreiber uh, are coming on <laughs> to impersonate us. Oh, and Shia LaBeouf. Sorry. Okay. Well, folks, that's it for us today. May you have a very Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. And a Happy Super Bowl. And enjoy the Super Bowl, you fucks. Okay. Love you. Hasta la pasta. Life's Banquet is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Or connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click at the heart at the top right of our homepage. And thanks for listening.